says I saved his life, which I'm not even sure I did, and my reward is dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I mean, hey, I like Mexican food, but come on. Your tone is quasi-facetious, but you do not realize that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Taco Bell. No way. Hi, I'm Jeremy. I'm a dork living in Portland, Oregon, who spent too many years listening to podcasts and not doing anything creative. This is my attempt to rectify that, to create and contribute something where I talk to people about their cultural obsessions and try to give some recommendations of my own. Welcome to Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. I can only decently remember like three of his films, Mm -hmm. which are... Demolition Man, Rocky Four, and uh, and Over the Top. <laughs> well, I, we have to talk about Over the Top because yeah. um, uh, um, are, are we starting or are we? Yeah, we've started. How, how, does, how, how does this work? It's it's it works by me saying hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person. I am your attempted host, Jeremy. With me is both Aaron and Garrett, and I'll, um, I'll let them introduce yourselves, themselves. Hi, I'm Aaron. I'm uh, I'm Garrett, the wrong person. There we go. Our topic today, if you could call it that, is going to be uh, actually based on a su- suggestion that uh, Garrett and I were yakking over uh, some chatter program, and he had the idea of first talking about what, Cobra? I wanted to talk, first I wanted to talk about right-wing paranoia sort of cult and action films and mm. so the one of the examples i gave were like red dawn you know class of 1984 like i love that whole like the whole like high schoolers out of control i think those are really fun stupid movies but then cobra was uh, i think also in that list and then we, we start going back and forth about whether cobra fits into that category and then somehow it wound up us going what we could just do stallone movies <laughs> And then, yeah, and here we are, and uh, which is always a decent topic because although it's always the thing to go into stone movies in particular because of the the wide gulf between perception and reality. Mm-hmm. Well, in some cases, that's probably more true of his more famous movies and less true of movies like Cobra, don't you think? That's true. I think, but it's. We're gonna be the most half-assed film theory uh, episode we could ever. You know, it's like here we have, we're in a we're in a, recording this in a basement uh, apartment in uh, in Portland, Oregon, just yakking about shit. But thank God for the democratization that allow that technology allows for for film criticism. Let's get in there. Let's get it wrong. Let's get it painfully wrong. Well, but let's let's add to the the the. And I'm sorry. Go ahead, Aaron. Um, I, I can tell you that when I think of Rambo, I I think that it was really rad when he exploded that <laughs> helicopter with um, exploding arrows. Um, not not thinking of the anti-war um, message from First Blood, not not thinking of... Uh, really, that movie had themes, right? There was, right. There was something going on. But uh, he just straight up exploded that helicopter, and I was 10, and that was rad. I don't think I even saw the movie. Someone just told me about it. Yeah, that's unquestionably true. D- the- but that's rad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Rambo uh, subtitle First Blood Part Two, which you know, I don't know. It's, it's kind of uh, uh, wait. The first Rambo movie is called Rambo First Blood Part Two. No, the first. Okay. Well, the first, the very first Rambo film, which was just called First Blood, right? It was called First Blood because it, it was an adaption of a of a novel, which I have somewhere on the bookshelf over there. So was Cobra, by the way. Yeah, I think it was like called like like fair game or just it was like some like eighties cop thriller actually or something. Yeah, just like Die Hard. I love. I, oh, not just one Die Hard. Multiple Die Hard films are uh, adaptations of books, some closer than others. I love that because I know very little about that genre. Like that, remember that book that you had that you gave to me of the of the First Amendment, like yeah, the kind of, like fan porn, like First Amendment fan porn or Second Amendment. I'm sorry. No, yeah, very uh, much Second. Yeah, and the. With the entire uh, the entire book should be called uh, "Arguing a Political Stance Through Anecdote," and here's ten anecdotes <laughs> and the cover of it. I'll post the uh, if when I can find the link to it. I keep forgetting the title. Yeah, I I'll... still have the book. If you okay, good. That's, so I yeah, I wondered where it went, but I as long as I can remember, it's it's you know the book is more is I think much more fun just to like you know refer to it, just use it as a description as as a cover because just the cover of like the very 
middle class white dude with like serial killer small glasses, right. uh, like standing outside of what appears to be the back door of his suburban house, just uh, firing rapidly enough. You can see just two shells ejecting, you know, just <laughs> like I said, he's stone faced, calm and coldly. Like he's gonna, he's he and his um, he he's one hand, he's no, not two handing, no, one handing, just fire, you know, firing his nine millimeter. Into you know at some off you know some out, uh, out of panel perpetrator and, and he looks like a he looks like um, Kiefer Sutherland when Kiefer Sutherland is playing one of his nerdy strange characters like uh, um, I don't know the guy in Dark City or something like that. I'm, but, I'm but, just guessing aviator glasses is that. So I think we need to go back to Rambo oh. movie titles. Oh yeah, Rambo movie titles. <laughs> Thank the, you. The first Rambo. Um, There's going to be a lot of the ramblings like that. Yeah. I have a feeling. Like I said, this is why our this is why a, a hard a hard timeout sometimes gets difficult on the show. Um, the fir- you know first R- Rambo was you know started out as like I said a slim almost like pulpy novel about this veteran who comes home and gets you know uh, fucked with by small town Brian Dennehy sheriff. You got some place I can eat around here? There's a diner about 30 miles up the highway. Is there any law against me getting something here? Yeah, me. A very much... The film actually came out in 1982, which is actually later than I remembered it. I remember it being like a, very much a late 70s film. It seems like a late 70s film, I think. Yeah. But all, all of the movies from the early 80s, you know, the, the 70s last till 1984 or whenever. Uh, yeah. In terms of media. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, there's, yeah, you don't have those hard those hard sort of cutoffs, I guess. It wouldn't really when styles change and that sort of thing. It's well, yeah. It's like you... how early '80s rock music, like very early 1980, 81, 82. Like if it's not punk rock, it's all very boring and forgettable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Asia and Toto. I, I don't know the Outfield, Toto, the Hooters. You know stuff like that. Like anyway, that's another jag we're going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. An entire show topic about. Um... <clears throat> It's kind of like you know the sixties did the sixties didn't become the sixties until you know until LBJ got into office. So, right. Anyway, you know eighties era you know war uh, war action movie was one that, man army. Was that when Rambo started to go off the rails? Was was in the second one? Because I mean, you know, it became a matter of parody. I remember First Blood because that's the only one I've seen. You've never, oh, you've never seen part two? No, or three. Oh wow. Um, so. Um, I, wait, I just have to break in to make Please the joke do. that I'm sure everybody makes when they talk about this, um, which is, I think, if we follow the naming convention um, <laughs> from uh, First Blood to First Blood... Um, to Rambo? First Blood to Rambo. Rambo, Ra- yeah. so, so Rambo the colon, and then, um, and then just straight so, Rambo 3. And then no, eventually- no, I, I'm fairly sure it was First Blood Part 3, Rambo 2. No, uh, first, sorry. Part three, Rambo two. If, if you follow, if if you keep keep with the naming convention, does that work? Am I getting Wasn't it right? Then you put up the album. I think what was it? Um, uh, Hall. It welcome was an, to our show. A taxonomy of Rambo movie names. <laughs> I don't even know if that makes sense either. Oh yeah, we go. No, the smart. or the uh, the other film, London Zero, uh, Hall Four. <laughs> that film that the the House Martins made. Anyway, I don't even know that. That's a reference I don't know. That is for the uh, that's for the um, the ex college radio um, <laughs> mu- uh, you know eighties British music freaks out there. Band called. The but House I know Martin. they're out there. Yeah, no, the, the House Martins are fun. But, but yeah, that's it's kind of again it's Rainbow like, three first blood two. That's really funny. Sorry. Or wait, was it be first blood three Rambo two? <laughs> Yeah, I, I think Sorry. the math works out there. <laughs> Which gets into the uh, kids back in the eighties. R-rated movies used to be a hell of a lot easier for anybody to see. You know, mm-hmm. before the whole streaming thing. I can. My dad. Uh, my dad let myself. I think I would. Uh, I was maybe ten at the time, and my brother, who was seven or eight, we. He's like, sure, yeah, you, you know, we watched First Blood Part Two on uh, on VHS. You know, hyper violent war movie. Uh, we weren't allowed to see Stand By Me because my mom didn't want us watching a movie where all the kids swore so much. Um, Fuck bullshit. Fuck shit. Get dick. I promise I won't say no more bad swears, bitch. But but damn, if we could, if we were a lot, you know, yeah, let's, let's watch Rambo. You like I said, you have a you have this franchise that go that 
well, in terms of like right wing fantasy films, there is a lot. There's a shockingly, there's a lot more in Rambo in in First Blood Part Two, where you know he, where he's actually giving lines like, "Are they going to allow us to you know? <laughs> are, they, are, are we going to be allowed to win this time? Or do we get to win this time? This time it's up to you." Yeah, just uh, the, the weird, the weird, mo- weird bits of like leftist betrayal or whatnot, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was there in in First Blood again, which is the only thing I've seen. But first, First Blood is a lot more n- nuanced than I imagine the the future films are. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's actually uh, seems to be a little bit more. Uh, uh, I wouldn't say even handedness, but you 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 see several perspectives. I mean, you you want to you're supposed to associate yourself with John Rambo, but uh, I, I think even two was still. Like they still tried, <clears throat> but but then and there were what four original and then uh, one recent Rambo movies. There was no, I think there was there. Well, there were three Rambo's. Okay, we're missing. You know, this could be. You know, this is called looking on your phone uh, for more info. <laughs> the, the you know the episode, like every other podcast episode about a subject. <laughs> there were, I think there was, a, th- was three Rambo's and I then so. and then for years it wasn't until. No, because uh, Stallone he did Rocky Balboa in '06, mm-hmm. which was the, uh, according to IMDb the first film that he directed since Rocky IV, and uh, then like right after that he did he just did is either like what Rambo or John Rambo. There was one called John Rambo, or there was going to be one called John Rambo, but I don't did it come out? Yes, there okay. there was one where set in um, set in you know in and around Burma. Where it just becomes, it's one of those things where, like, what do you do? Uh, what do you do with John Rambo that is not in the context of the Cold War? Just have him go off and, you know, and send him to a Southeast Asia. He's a Southeast soldier Asia. of fortune now, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. I guess was he always a, always a soldier of fortune, at least in the two and three, or no? I think he was in in two. He was a, he was uh, he was a tool <laughs> of the government. You know, he you know oh, um, okay. Richard Crenna comes and like, gets him out of uh, gets him out of his. I just remember the yeah the opening sh- the opening scene. Memories of I haven't seen Rambo the second Rambo film in thirty years, but just the opening shots of you know working at a hard labor camp where they're like dynamiting and busting up rocks. Mm-hmm. Which kind of ties to Rocky Four when uh, they're doing their training montages. That's one of the best parts of that movie. That movie, like, that's one of, that's one of the things I love about Sylvester Stallone. It's everything he does, especially when he's directing a film, is so ham-fisted. You know what I'm talking about? Right. So... So you have this this comparison of the Soviets as... Yeah, this as, montage... This contrasting, intercutting and contrasting movie montages... We should get. We should have had Jesse here. <laughs> Not only do they have this fancy training facility for the for the Russian guy, where he's like, you know, there's a team of scientists following him, and, mm-hmm. and but they're actually there's that scene where he's taking some sort of performance enhancing drug. It's like they're actually cheating, and uh, and then Stallone's in the fucking woods, you know, pulling a goddamn cart. You know what I mean? Yeah. With full of rocks or something. That is the American way. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, but it's so, it's so patronizingly manip- manipulative you know what i mean because i remember being like eight or whenever the when i first saw that movie and i'm like yeah you know, he's one of us like i said the the three films i remember most are um rocky four rocky four over the top and and uh um, and what was the third? Oh, oh, and Demolition Man, but Rocky Fork because it was on HBO all the goddamn time, and right. my bro- my brother John loved that film, and I think that it was also on TBS all the time. It was like before Shawshank Redemption. It was Rocky mm-hmm. Four. You know what I mean? Aaron, have you seen Over the Top? I have not. Oh man, I wish we'd all seen Over the Top. So can I can I tell my little I have a, a small anecdote about Over the Top? Um, oh, go for it. Yeah, Over the Top is also I should mention. <laughs> Available on YouTube in full. Somebody just they they you know they they met you know the the film has been it's been they 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 adjusted the color and then it's like we live in the era where if you much how films used to be uh, degraded if you dubbed upon dubbed upon dubbed upon dubbed by so many generations of copies somebody on YouTube took took over the top changed the color of it degraded it somewhat you know recorded the audio out of a speaker gave it the robert rodriguez treatment right and then but and but then put put uh put extra matting over the thing the entire <laughs> film was on there you can watch you can watch you can search and you can find over the top the film you know it's shittily formatted but the, the film is there so i i just want to give a personal and brief 
Go for uh, it. Um, you know, biography of my my relationship with the movie Over the Top. Because uh, I think it's responsible for me loving Sylvester Stallone. I saw it with my dad when I was probably like seven. I don't even know when it came out. But 88, 87, okay, then 88. Okay, I was eight. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. I was seven or eight, and we both really liked it. Uh, and then... I've watched it several times since then. One time was when I used to have bad movie nights at my right. house, and you came over, and I feel like that was maybe the best one we had. We we, we were pausing it every five minutes to like break down the how stupid yeah. it is, and it, but it's so watchable. But here's the sad: it's turned tragic recently. I um, I've started getting uh, stoned. I never was a big marijuana smoker, but now I've I've become a little bit of one, and I smoked some with my girlfriend and we i was like let's watch over the top it it's not good but it's really fun to watch it's memorable and we were both so bored we were both so bored and i was like this is not this is not what i what i remember it being and that's always so heartbreaking but anyway that's my personal but that was for me started me i love sylvester stallone i love i think a lot of bad movies mm -hmm. oscar have you guys ever seen oscar where it's kind of a farce like a pg wodehouse type farce where he plays a gangster trying to turn straight. The year is 1931, and gangster Snaps Provolone is in control. The police are powerless. His rivals are helpless. No one in the entire city dares to defy him, except his daughter. I'm a modern 30s woman. I just remember, yeah, I just, I remember the, um, I find it to be a very charming comedy. Never saw it. Remember the advertising, like where they actually, they were cribbing shots from Harold Lloyd for the advertising and uh, I'll say this for, for him, uh, Stallone does like, does, will do a lot of experimental, experimental in quotes, <laughs> attempts at comedy for a, for, for a modern era act, well, for a eighties era action star. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a bit of a farce, but I, I think it's pretty fun. Um, it reminds me of Clue a little bit, but Tim Curry's also in Oscar, so that might be why it reminds me of Clue. Anyway, of I would say, is. if anybody's listening out there, watch Oscar and just tell me that I'm wrong. I have a Twitter, I think, but I never use it. So, what's your contentious? What, what, what is the? What is your contentious stance about Oscar? That I, I think the contentious stance is that it's a good comedy. I think a lot of people would disagree, <laughs> but I, I'd be happy to f be proved wrong on that. I mean. Uh, I watched it with uh, our mutual friend Amanda Applebaum several mm -hmm. years ago, and we both enjoyed it. Uh, so I don't know, uh, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad. I just ha I have fond memories of it, and I and I like it. But I don't want to watch it because I don't want to have an over the top you know scenario happen again. Because I just my I've, my heart's been broken too many times in my life. You know what I mean? Yeah. So Stallone comedy is that brings me to the question is um, he seems like he's a somewhat self aware about how how he is perceived and what 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 he is in the world um it's what do you, what do you all think about that is he uh does he know i think he's got to I think, right well th that's the one thing about he's uh about his work he always gets roped into like i said because when you think 80s action star he's one of those but un unlike the other american pantheon or well check that what is now the expendables pantheon stallone wrote all of those like he, where the hell I wrote? He that? wrote the Expendables. Yes. Oh, cool. Wrote well, the, I know he's written a lot of movies. You no, know, yeah, he's got. He has, uh, <clears throat> you know, a half, uh, you know, a half-assed look at IMDb. He has twenty-nine writing credits. Um, he directed eight directing, fifteen producing, and act uh, seventy-six acting credits. But he, um, he, like, he directed Rocky Four. He direct. Well, he, actually, he directed Rocky Two, Three, and Four. Mm -hmm. And he wrote the first Rocky. Yes. And which, is the, a good, uh, which is a a legitimately good movie. Yeah, in a very seventies film. But going back to similar with Rambo, there was this the contrast between you know you have Rambo and Rocky who were very very I would say very seventies characters, but how they got kind of morphed into I guess you know much like wearing an onion on your belt. It was just the style of the time. <laughs> they get they get kind of draft. Yeah, they be, they they get drafted into. They become Cold War. Like Cold War franchises, where by um, by the second Rambo film, he's fighting. You know, he's fighting the uh, he's fighting the, uh, the you know the Viet Cong and their Soviet officers, which for some reason are, if I remember correctly, are portrayed in the film as with like their Russian accent kind of like slurs into German accents, and they become <laughs> they effectively become the Gestapo or or SS officers. Was that? Um... Was that? I guess that must have been before uh, just everyone who isn't from the United States had a British accent. 
Something like yeah. Unless unless you are really dark complected and then you have some other kind of accent. Yeah, you gen, yeah generic uh, Middle East um, my friend type of uh, yeah. Yeah, type of an accent. Yeah. Sahib. Yeah. <laughs> or some such racist thing. Yeah. It, uh, yeah. It gets it gets gets blurred together as just kind of like foreign man capital yeah, F, yeah. capital F capital M. Yeah. Usually uh, friendly and wants to help. Uh, ethnic Ambikistan. Yeah. <laughs> Kriblikistan, I think, was the uh, was the joke name given in, uh, or was it Kriblikistan or Kriblakistan? But there was a, there was kind of like joke name that I think was actually f- showed up in the first Austin Powers film. But it's like one of it's very much just kind of like um, just you know. Um, it made me think of South Park for some reason. How so? I don't know. It's just made me. Hmm. That seems like a word they might use. It'd be funnier actually than that. But moving on. They, uh, Trey and Matt did do their con- contribution to uh, mocking um, American views of uh, of you know foreign lands in uh, one of the decent as- one of the decent takeaway bits from Team America, where uh, it's yeah where, where all of the foreigners all talk like Durka 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 and it happens in like Durka Durkistan. <laughs> Have either of you guys seen Hell or High Water? No, I'm dying to see it, but I've just been so busy lately. I don't even know what that. Is. It's a new movie that's getting a lot. Of, it's like it's kind of the sleep, the sleeper hit of the summer, hell or high water. It's sort of a like a modern West, and I'm from West Texas, so it's like a West Texas sort of sort of modern day Western. And I've been dying to see it for a while. I've also d- tickled. Have you guys seen Tickled? I've heard about that. I just remember it was. I think that it would, I think that actually might that was if not. Was at uh, at the Laurelhurst. For... It was. I think. I think it was only for a week, though. I think oh. it's gone already. But it was. It's one of those films. It was, where... the, it was at the Hollywood for like a few nights too. Yeah, it's one of the ones where just Edward Wright just posted on Twitter, just said, "Yeah, see this movie, see it cold." Yeah, I don't want to. I, I I feel like I've already heard too much about it, and that's I haven't heard that much. But but it's one of those movies, one of those documentaries that you see where. It starts off about one thing, and all oh, of a sudden, okay. it's like, "What the fuck is yeah. happening?" It's kind of this, yeah, this one thing where just almost a um, you know documentarian decides to uh, <laughs> investigate this thing and finds out, you know, suddenly, it, 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 yeah, it's almost like almost like an early '90s uh, uh, straight to video erotic thriller that would they would show on USA Up All Night in greatly greatly edited right. form. Gets trapped into the the shadowy world. Of... Yeah, called like, what is it like? It's like the word seduction is almost definitely in the title. <laughs> oh yeah, and then like, and then you know, dark seduction or yeah. Shout out to the greatest the the USA. <laughs> you would think it would always be it would almost be like a syndicated thing, but I can remember being a you know teenager with basic cable watching silk stockings the uh yeah the uh had that crazy piano intro yeah. right like gung, 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 gung. oh yeah yeah cue me uh cut that was very cutting. much of its time by the way that 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 opening song from silk stockings yeah almost a uh, what, what happens if uh if you can't do full red shoe diaries on basic cable you did kind of this we're like oh look it's a woman's naked back and um ooh. And she's dead. Yeah, and, and she, oh, yeah. Oh no, she would. I don't remember Silk Stockings, but it wasn't. It was there was always like a murder happening, right? Oh, certainly, yeah. yeah it was, okay. uh, and I believe the um, the co-star's name, the the the, the female lead, um, her the, the actress's name really was Mitzi. Whoa, my now my friend Andrea Larson in high school, um, they were Mormon. There's lots of Mormons in El Paso, Texas, which like uh, uh, some people find strange, but whatever. Uh, her mother's favorite show. I'm serious. Her favorite show was Silk Stockings. Wow. They um, they they did they did uh, put out those uh, those reports about all the stats of of all the stuff that gets downloaded. You know, like porn use in Salt Lake City. So <laughs> it's 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 ninety percent Silk Stockings reruns. Or or no, just the but just the no that one. If only, yeah. It's the same. <laughs> uh, I was like, you know, where's the, yeah? Come on, come on, vivid. Where's the uh, where's the not silk stockings a triple X parody? And where they only where they just do a, they do a standard episode and they like make it only like slightly more explicit. Only this time, like you know, instead of just seeing a back, oh look, now you can see actual side boob like a Neil Breen film. Mm, that's what I want. That would be funny if a silk stockings parody porno. Was actually not pornographic either. <laughs> like it's just yeah. a little bit, just a tiny bit more racy. Yeah, similar to like you know, like 
Well, it's not just that similar to say James Gunn's uh, like PG porn, where it's it, you know the the actual that's, the, that's maybe the show should be about James Gunn, even though oh these are all fu- <laughs> yeah these are all future epi- all future episode um, future episode ideas. So are we are we rolling again? Oh, I never I don't turn off the recorder. Okay, great. Uh, I just don't. Yeah, I don't know the the way this works. Oh no, this is. <laughs> should we start talking about Stallone again? Should we just? We can yeah we can roll on through it. Um, but well, let's take a movie we've all seen. Okay, well, like I said, I well I've seen, seen a lot. Three, we've know the, the three you've seen. Um, have you, uh, Aaron? What Stallone films have you seen? Um, Demolition Man stands out. I have seen at least one Rocky film. Um, that would probably just be Rocky. Uh, the very first one, the seventies one. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, kind of good. Um, I think I've that's a good movie. Seen at least bits of Rambo. I do remember that exploding helicopter. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever watched First Blood through. Um, just probably others. Who knows? That's uh, that's my contribution to this uh, <laughs> this topic. <laughs> yeah, I may or may not have any knowledge of. Right. Um, and, and and he's um, the and he's the one of the three of us who actually co-hosts his own film podcast. So. Well, you guys have both seen Demolition Man, right? So why don't you riff on that? Because I've never seen it. Tell tell me, take me into the world of Demolition Man. Very very of its time. Uh, Taco that, Bell tie-ins. Yes, Taco, all I remember. See, and that was a good joke. He says I saved his life, which I'm not even sure I did. And my reward is dinner and dancing at Taco Bell. I mean, hey, I like Mexican food, but come on. Your tone is quasi-facetious, but you do not realize that Taco Bell was the only restaurant to survive the franchise wars. So? So? Now all restaurants are Taco Bell. No way. I remember that being a thing about it, right? That, like, and that was when product placement was, like, newish, right? And not, so they were just like, let's just go whole hog on it, right? Not Well, not newish, but, in fact, uh, in... If you, um, if, as I was watching the co- the, t- the trailer for, uh, the trailer for Cobra earlier this earlier today, where he actually, you know, it's, it's a shootout in a in a convenience store or supermarket. He hides behind a Pepsi machine with like huge Pepsi logo circling there, and very visibly drink, you know, sl- swigs from a can of Coors before setting it down and shooting the bad guy in the same scene in the same shot. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> But with um, with ta- I just remember that because, uh, I was the film came out in what late ninety three ninety two something like that. What Cobra? No no no, uh, Demolition Man. That sounds right. I, I didn't see it, so um, but that sounds right. It seems like when I was in middle school was about when when Cobra fucking Demolition Man came out. <laughs> no, not Cobra. <laughs> Although the the um, Demolition Man calls back to Cobra in that there are both scenes where uh, the 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 lead character where the lead cop. Because uh, he plays a cop in both of them, who you know plays by his own rules, <laughs> right. is questioned about I his feel like use. He's often playing by his own rules, right? It's um, because as uh, as David Wong slash Jason Pargin of um, of the Cracked Podcast fame and many other, and John Dies at the End, author of that, has said. A cop that plays by his own rules means that the screenwriter does not have to either either learn, care about, or put or like you know give a, give a rat's ass about actual like per- police procedure or like what cops actually do. You know, I don't want to research that. So, I'm just gonna, you know, but in both films, that the character is questioned for his use of a necessarily of a necessary um, what. Um, over what is what's the yeah what, what's so the, he's the, overstepping his sort of uh, his sort of authority. Well, not just over, but too much violence. There's a there's an accusation. What's the what's the word? Excessive force. Excessive force. Yes, both characters are accused of of excessive force. I feel like that's probably also a Stallone movie. Excessive force. Yeah. Yeah. Or sure. or one of those uh, silk stocking episodes. <laughs> either that or well, it, the, although excessive force sounds like either like a latter day Dirty Harry film or. Um, <laughs> It needs if you can, if you could put like some sort of like small, third small word in there, it would be like very much a a '90s Steven Seagal film. Can we go back to something that Aaron brought up earlier, and that's being in on no. the, in on the joke? Are we is are we done with that? Has that been sealed in an envelope? What being in a, no. Talk about yeah no we're we're yeah we're ultra formal here. Go well, for I it. I just wanna I just wanna elaborate on that a little bit, or not even necessarily elaborate, but maybe just like propose a little offshoot because one thing I've noticed and and the 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 rogue cop thing um, is that is that I think that they're the movies that Stallone chooses to do 
shows a particular conception he has about himself. Does that make sense? So Cobra, the rogue cop, Demolition Man, the, you know, the the guy who knows how it's done. But Rambo's the same way, right? He's the he's the one honest person in this in this corrupt world. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And even though he seems corrupt, we we identify with him uh, because I don't I don't fucking know the rest. The the uh, almost like well, Rambo, especially the the one righteous man lone wolf against the against the corrupt world um and I, don't you think that's how he sees himself a little bit you know what i mean so so he's kind of in on the jokes is because he did write expendables but at the same time it's like he he has that he's internalized that sort of um uh you know sort of like american you know capitalist individual yeah i mean i think that's yeah is that how he's cast or is that what what he chooses well but i mean he writes so much of his own stuff that's what i'm saying is i think he makes Um, stuff happen and i think what's interesting is what he makes happen is very often this character this you know but hero in a crazy world sort of sense but how much of how much of that is him um a a stallone thing how much of that is just more you know which uh, more of the narrative trope uh which he himself had had a hand in help in help crafting but the more of like the standard um modern-ish hollywood hero type of right of the of always like you know the the lone guy like how much is he a product of his time so to speak something like that yes yeah. how much um yeah how much of that is his doing how much of that is just because that's a st- that is a stock hero role in i mean similar go back to die hard where you have the uh, you know the the one rogue cop who you know in in that case well there's you know different a thousand and one different little uh, sub aspects to that but there's I don't know maybe at some point um, it just it goes into the almost like just the stereotypical eighties action hero role yeah which I mean, yeah and maybe I'm maybe I'm kind of putting something on on Stallone that that uh, he didn't earn or 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 doesn't deserve you know on on uh, but. It just seems to me like again when I when I when I originally said like hey can we talk about those weird sort of right wing paranoia sort of movies like I I can fit a lot of Stallone movies mm-hmm. into that into that category you know what I mean and uh, um, I I wonder if that is to some degree his uh, affectation you know or not affectation that's not the right like he, like he he's into that you know what I mean. Is his an active choice? Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I don't, I don't know the politics of of it. I think maybe just, you know, in in the eighties, the the politics of that that's you know certainly where where they they fit that uh, you know American exceptional right. Um, Rocky Four is a perfect example. And um, I, I I didn't know about this movie, but when I came in, um, you were watching trailers, and there was a his follow up to Rocky was as as a you know um, heroic and violent union union organizer. Yeah, that's, I, yeah that's the thing is and, again you know, taking America back that, from the capitalists. F- uh, that is bizarre. F I S T a a film about a a period piece set made after Rocky and before Rocky Four period piece set in like the <laughs> third. You know, set in you know the only, the only two Rocky films, Rocky One and Four. <laughs> well, you know they're. Yeah, there, there, there were others, but they're not as uh, they're not. I don't know if they are as singular. Um, you, you seriously just named the two Rocky films that I can remember anything about. So, so I think you're right. That's what I'm trying to. say. I remember. I'm well. You got the the statue of the statue of Rocky that still stands in Philadelphia was unveiled on screen in Rocky Three. And at I one actually point, do remember that Rocky Three actually is memorable because Mr. T's in it. Mr. T's in it. In it. Yeah. And Burgess Meredith dies because I guess he didn't. I don't know why he wanted. To, maybe he just wanted out of the. Uh, they thought it for for narrative <laughs> reasons, or he just wanted. He like, I don't want to do it, uh, Rock. I don't want to make these movies anymore. <laughs> You're really a bum now, Rock. Yeah. These movies stink. Um, but they bring in a lot of money. <laughs> but but go, going back to what you mentioned in terms of um, um, right wing right wing jack off dream. 
watch Demolition Man because Demolition Man is very, like I said, very, uh, very of its time where you have a, um, like the, uh, the red blooded, red blooded, um, you know, uh, real, real man's man cop sent into the, you know, much like, 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 uh, like Buck Rogers cast, you know, falls, you know, frozen and then becomes a man out of his time in this future world where you can't swear and like, you know, the sex is like this not physical thing. It's this weird headset thing where they have to uh, where uh, where um, you expel waste using the three she the, the three seashells. And um, so everything you're saying is very strange to me right now. But, but you I, don't, now you, I can't wait to watch it. Also, Demolition Man. I thought that being, was a good joke. Fuck off. you guys. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's the three seashells? Will you, will you explain it to me? I think it's better if we don't. I think it's like if you if you uh, had is, more time. What is you, kiss? Yeah, if you have more time, I would show you the, the exact scene where that line of dialogue. Um, okay, I'll watch the film. Right, the Do Demolition Man also being one of the two films where at some point Stallone felt the felt the it was worthwhile to cast uh, Rob Schneider as his buddy. Like it and uh, it and, uh, and Judge Dredd. Dredd also. Yes, yeah, they were so both in Judge Dredd. I was thinking just a moment ago, it'd be really fun to do. An episode. I'm just floating this. Right. You watch the both the Judge Dredd movies. I've never seen the original. I can't imagine it's very good. It's uh, it. It has Max von Sydow for some reason. Oh well, that's something. Uh, he was in very many good movies. Uh, and uh, and then you watch the new one, which was fucking great in my opinion. Uh, and I don't know. Maybe maybe something happens. Yeah. Just you know, M- mixed feelings. Keep that in mind. A comparison of Dreads. Uh, but anyway, you're you, saying you didn't like the new Judge Dredd. Sorry, um, mixed feelings. I, I I did like it. Uh, maybe not as much as a lot of people. Okay, I need um, to. I I have yet. To, I haven't actually seen it. It's it came out the same. It came out the same. Well, it was shown locally the same time as the Raid Redemption. Well, the Raid. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same movie, and it's, the the Raid Redemption is uh, an amazing movie. Yeah, that, that's I think. Kind of where my feelings come from is they they very much are the same movie and one of one of them's better. So. Well, one of them's clearly <laughs> superior, but I think the other one's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Demolition Man as a yeah, he's you know he is he wakes up in the world of you know liberal pussies who have taken over and <laughs> yeah. don't, don't know how to and with their speech codes and the John Spot and you all find thirty you all find th- you know two credits for mm-hmm. your get me. And yeah, the film that introduced, well, the film that effectively introduced um, Nigel, I think, in fact, yeah, Nigel Hawthorne to uh, to American audiences mm-hmm. after um, because the madness of King George, the, <laughs> the mad, the madness of King George was released. I think the year, uh, well, made it over here the, a year later. I don't remember uh, how I don't remember how many PBS stations aired. Yes, Minister. Yes, Minister. Can't even pronounce it correctly. Yes, yes, minister. Yeah, yes, minister. I'm familiar with that show. Haven't watched it, but I know what it's about. I know it's very influential and in sort of tacitly promoting Thatcherism. Uh, More, um, it was. I think I don't know if it was promoting. It was definitely skewering it. Uh, it was skewering. It was skewering uh, British political culture at the time. I say this as like I said, this is before my 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 main era of of British sitcom. As uh, documented in an earlier episode of <laughs> Giving the Mic to the Wrong Person, check out, you know, check our links earlier, you know, check out episode two, ladies and gentlemen. But Demolition Man, it was, again, it's much like with Blade, made five years later, it's one of those uh, one of those films that shows what you can do if you allow Wesley Snipes to be Wesley Snipes. The, <laughs> the, the greatest parts of Blade, the first Blade film, is Wesley Snipes clearly being Wesley Snipes in... As opposed to like the more serious stone face bit, the aspects that he would take on later, the greatest bits of Blade is where he kind of it's that he's not so much Blade as like the Wesley comes through and it's um. What the fuck are you out of your damn mind? And it, it's like the, the the funnest parts of uh, of both films. Whereas you put him into Demolition Man, and he you know he's got he's got his you know he's got that look that I think Dennis Rodman would go on you know <laughs> Dennis Rodman and and Rudy Road uh, from. Um, <laughs> From Fifth Element would 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 gank, and clearly having a blast and just doing all this crazy shit. It's like <laughs> that is bizarre. It's uh, I can't wait to watch it then. 
Also, Demolition Man, I believe that was the film that of how <laughs> how Taco Bell got its got its current weird early night. Remember how uh, NBA teams thought it was a good idea to start to change all of their so many of them changed their logos and color schemes to like this weird like teal and ne- mm-hmm. I think the um, yeah uh, the nineties. Uh, I, I I grew up in Michigan. Exposed, like I said, look at the '90s Detroit Pistons logo and how they changed that, similar to like the, the Charlotte Hornets logo and color scheme. Right. Um. Very not. Like I said, it was almost like an after a, a response to '80s neon pastels was this '90s thing and the Taco Bell. I I just remember this because the Taco Bell how they changed their logo debuted in this film and uh, because they. <laughs> I swear to God, I rem- I remember trailers for this film being aired on channel one which we had which um yeah we had channel one yeah if yeah. Um, if you were an american school uh, channel one is still an active thing isn't it it has to be i don't know i don't go to high school anymore and i don't teach in high school so or i guess middle school i don't fucking know i don't know if it Ameri- exists yeah uh, sec- american it's secondary- probably a going concern american secondary schools yeah. Like having the monitor and then seeing like trailers, you know, between the news and hey, like I said, a channel one, ga- you know, it gave it gave well, it the rest of the world a to... way to get Pepsi commercials into the school. Oh, which yeah. you didn't need anyway because uh, we had Pepsi machines, you know what I mean? So yeah. gave the world Anderson Cooper and, and Lisa Ling. Like that's sorry. So, so wait, some, somebody <laughs> explained to me channel one. Uh, I didn't really go to high school. Ah, channel s- one smart move in um, in the late channel one was a what it was was a way to this company. Um, was it like Edison Media or something like that? I don't know. Channel One was a <laughs> history of channel. Fox There's, News. Yeah, it, no, predate, predated that by I almost know, a dozen. Uh, but Channel One was a way where company would come to your high school or grade and grade school, say, "Hey, we will pay, we will pay to put uh, TV monitors in all your classrooms." And big ass. They big would ass, pay for all that shit. I can't. I as far as I remember, I believe the company yeah, paid. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I can't. I cannot remember. I as far as I know, the company paid for it, but they would pay to install these CRTs. You know, Big Brother will not come through government coercion. Big Brother comes through comes through late capitalism. Um, they would install That's these CRTs. So true, by the way, stick a pin in that. We'll yeah. come back to it. They would install these CRTs mounted on the, up on the walls in every classroom, and for ten to fifteen minutes every day of every school day, your kids would uh, kids would have to like, okay, everyone, pay attention, and they would get like you know news programs, but that would be, um, but the news would ha- they would have regular commercial TV adverts in them, like, oh, look, here's here's an uh, here's a, here's an advert for the new Adams Family movie, or here's you know they they would show movie trailers, they would show like. Pepsi, you know, Pepsi commercials. Which and, seeing uh, an Adam, Adam Stanley movie trailer is is really a public service, in my opinion, because yeah. those those are very fun I, films. I, I was going to say, yeah, that, that really sounds <laughs> terrible, but Adam's Family's good. Yeah, yeah. it's quite good. I, or Adam's, I think both of them are pretty good. Or Adam's Family Values, which yeah. is actually I, I, I hold as the uh, is the better film because it has both, just for the, uh, you know, it has, you know, John Cusack as the antagonist. Mm-hmm. You can't go wrong with that. Especially the scene where uh, she has, you know, the, just the one scene where she has it, all of them all strapped down to electric chairs, and it's yeah. an excellent scene. Goodbye, everybody. Wish me luck. Good yeah. luck. Going back to Channel One, I re- now there's a there's one gal I remember, Lisa Ling, who mm-hmm. was on it. Do you remember Lisa? Was she I on it when Lisa, you watched yes, it? Yes. Because Jeremy and I are not quite the same age, but we're pretty close. Um, and she. She had some uh, fame elsewhere. She she hosted some other thing like uh, wasn't she mainstream a, television, but I don't remember what it what it was, was like it, Inside Edition or something. Was like she that. on? I think she was on the View or the Talk for a while. She was on one of the morning, one of the mid morning, um, mm-hmm. one of the mid morning. Uh, that sounds right. Morning mid morning chat shows, and then she would also. And she, I think she did some. She did Which some, I'm hoping this podcast will rocket me into. Hey, there's a. Uh, What's there's... the one with Mario Lopez? Is that still on? I'll be on that one. What Entertainment Tonight? I don't know. Whatever no, he was on a show like it was like a it was like a man version of of The View. It was called Man View. Wasn't that <laughs> Col- wasn't that Colin Quinn? <laughs> wasn't that Colin Quinn show? No. Uh, anyway, yeah, so, I don't know. That's my Colin Quinn. Dark, dark years of the early aughts. Uh, anywho. Sorry. Oh, but, but I just, but I was saying, all I do is derail things. By the way, you guys Terrible. have we have we talked Terrible. about uh, Sylvester Stallone at all? We talked about Demolition Man. Okay. And but Demolition Man, um, a film that like I said had Ni- Nigel Hawthorne had like one of the most hilariously gratuitous, like uh, some of the most hilariously gratuitous nudity 
ever in Hollywood. It was really? Just saying, oh, yeah, saying something. I want to talk about this. And going back to our off-mic conversation about video phones, <laughs> video phones and gratuitous nudity make a, again, we, 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 ex- we explain. I don't what, remember the gratuitous nudity, well, and that makes me feel I must have seen, like, it, I must have seen <laughs> it on television. Hi, Martin. You know, I was thinking, oh, my God, I'm sorry, wrong number. <laughs> Also, oh, yeah. I remember gratuitous nudity from that period of my life. And also, will you explain what you mean by video phones? Video phones was an idea in the late 19th century that finally became a reality in the late 20th century. And then, uh, like with many other things, especially like those those weird but strangely prophetic early 90s Tom Selleck AT&T adverts, the, the, you know, the You Will campaign. Oh, look, we have, you know, everyone has a way to do video, you know, video teleconferencing in their pocket. No one uses it, with the exception of, like, you know, uh, grandparents calling their grandkids uh, once every month. <laughs> well, but, I just want to, just in case there's any youngins listening, I just want to um, accentuate the fact that there was a time in film where we thought, being able to see someone you were talking on the phone to was some sort of magic that that w- that might happen one yeah. day, uh, and represented the but not just magic the gold standard of what we were what all this was aiming towards was, you know, teleconferencing. It and, does kind of seem like if you can face to face teleconference, you know, you're in the future, right? Like so, other things are also very high tech. I, I think you were saying off mic that was really interesting was that Demolition Man was one of those movies that was on the cusp of. Before the internet was a thing that was right. in um, one of the, with, you know with uh, another which Demolition Man co-starring a very young Sandra Bullock, but you know before Speed, another another early '90s Sandra Bullock film that I, I want um, I really want Hecklevision to do is The Net, like I said, which uh, a film that actually does involve the internet, whereas not in Demolition Man whatsoever. <laughs> Um, Demolition Man also having a cameo by well not a cameo but yeah you could call it a cameo by Jesse the Body of Ventura um, well really in Demolition Man yeah oh and and a Demolition Man be one of the Does other he reprise his role from Predator um, uh, in uh, in He's in like, spirit what makes you a sexual command or no sexual fucking oh god damn it you mean Dynamo cut that out cut that out. <laughs> What does he say? Sexual tyrannosaur, isn't that what he says? I can't In even Predator? remember. Yes. Yeah, this stuff makes you a sexual tyrannosaur. This stuff will make you a goddamn sexual tyrannosaurus. Just like me. Anyway, sorry. If you have any recommendations for the audience, what uh, what can you you know, what have you been digging on? What if what can you recommend for people to check out? I can think of one thing. Go for it. Just so you gives you a little more time to okay. think. Okay. Um, I was actually telling Jeremy about this earlier. There's a podcast I really like right now called The Faculty of Horror. Mm-hmm. Um, it's these two Canadian women, and they talk about horror films, and they talk about it from an academic perspective, but I, I would not say an academic sort of. It's not like just for people who nerd out in the exact way that they nerd out. Like I think anyone can listen to it and have an interesting, a lot of interesting takeaways from it. They're very smart. They're... Uh, um, <laughs> I'm about to give a backhanded compliment. I, I wish the show was a little bit funnier, but sometimes it's pretty funny, you know. Uh, um, and is there anything else pop culture wise that I've I've really uh, dug on lately? I'm sure there is, but I can't think of it. Did that help you out, Aaron? Nope. It's it's hard to think <laughs> of things. Um, I didn't think Stranger Things was as good as everyone else. I haven't watched it, so oh, okay. well, I, it, I think it's it's definitely worthwhile. And if nothing else, it's one of those. It is a great. I think it's, if nothing else, it is a great gateway to a lot of um, like. Hey, if you like, if you dug, like all the articles, did you, did you dig the music? Well, here's welcome to the wonderful world of synthwave, and you know, um, I saw a fun short film uh, starring David Yao called Walden Pink. Uh, I don't know if. That's available anywhere. But is if he it the is, guy from the Jesus Lizard? He yes. is my favorite human being from the Jesus. <laughs> As opposed to all the other members of the Jesus Lizard. They're not my favorite. Yeah. Nope. Possibly um, human, possibly not. Um, he recently filmed a new film here in Portland, Oregon. I forget what it's called. Is, I that, recommend... what he's, is that what he's doing now, making films? Uh, yeah. Okay. It's got to be less damage, damaging on the body than like touring, so. Sure. I don't blame him. I'm just, I'm just at, I'm just acting. I think y'all should just go listen to the Jesus Lizard. Yeah, why don't you do that? You watch, jerks? watch some YouTube videos of him, him on stage. It's which, fun. Which, what's the best album to start with? Oh God, I don't know. Um, well, nope. Touch and go, ladies and gentlemen. Sticky next, fingers. Next, nope. Touch and go, an excellent is record it, is label it called Sticky Fingers. That's the Rolling Stones. I'm sorry. 
I don't know. Two... Yeah, listen to the Rolling Stones. They're good, too. Yeah, they're pretty great. Listen to Recommendations. Um, I can recommend two podcasts, the first of which is called Chapo Trap House, a one that has been you know, been blown up all the time. It is best described as what happens when weird Twitter meets left Twitter, which are three guys from Brooklyn and okay, I'm not going to watch Brooklyn and uh, God, where are they? Where are they? I think one of them in Cincinnati, and I can't remember where the third one's from. But they are very much they're kind of um, a lot of it is it's kind of they take on subjects. They take on like it's it's it is a political slash comedy show where they. Um, You've guys who are both they they are both very versed in internet culture, but also very versed in politics and very you know progressive and left leaning. Mm-hmm. Well, no, not just full on leftist. Uh, um, supposedly like liberal Thomas Friedman type commentators are like popular targets for them. Where oh, then I think I would love that. Actually, yeah, they. I, w- I imagine they have a lot to say about that cartoon frog. They uh, what the, what Pepe? they yeah they have they yeah they have addressed that repeatedly in about like. I think both the alt right types are a favorite target, but also clueless media types that are that are freaking out about the alt right. Like no, because media types do not know internet culture. These guys do. Uh, great, uh, heavily recommend. It's it's not a podcast for everyone due to politics as well as tone, because these guys are much more, like I said, very uh, hilariously foul mouth, and at some point will be. And I'm going to say, check them out. At one point, they will, um, you know, they they had a they had an episode where they just kind of ripped into uh, ripped into London has fallen and like the really weird political mm. implications of that. The sequel to Olympus's what was it called? Olympus has fallen. Oh yes, but they have they have looked so atrociously oh, yeah, bad. But by they the have. Way. I mean, like like literally yeah. the way it looked was terrible. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but it's still it made enough money. They'll probably make a sequel. I, I think well, they um, have. London as well. Yeah, there you go. Like I said, uh, but they'll have it's a podcast that'll have like Matt Taibbi or Sam Chris. It's, so it's worth checking out. Go find Chapel uh, Chapel Trap House. Another great podcast is let me. I want to make sure that I have the actual name of it correctly. Is called Our Last Week. It is done by a couple. I think uh, one guy is like an actor and a stand up, and the other guy is a just stand up. It's a, a couple stand ups uh, out of Umba, uh, out of Mumbai. So Whoa, it is really yeah. So at one point they will actually they will actually slip it. I mean they mainly speak in it's it's an English language, but occasionally you know, there's a little bit of Hindi, a little bit of Urdu in there too. That sounds so cool. No, it, I really want to listen to that. But it's it's very approachable. It's, it's worthwhile. Like I said, a couple of uh, comedians out of out of uh, I believe uh, either out of or around uh, Mumbai. Okay, can I recommend one more thing? Go for it. Although I'm very late to the party, and everyone listening to this will already know what this is. But sure, if you, it, just in case. If you haven't watched The Great British Baking Show, it is literally the best thing in the world. It is, an, it is, a, it is a reality TV show that is actually an antidote to reality TV. I love it so much. It, it fills my heart with joy. Uh, if you're not into that, I guess don't watch it. But 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 uh, if you are, watch it. That's it. Great British Baking Show. Available on OPB and PBS. I think OPB, at least, it will air like... Two episodes every Friday night. Mm-hmm. My uh, my girlfriend watches a lot. The show was co-hosted by Sue. Was it Sue Perkins? Yes. Yeah, also, Perkins. also from the um, the Supersizers sh- uh, show, which aired a few years ago on yeah, the that's BBC. That's a good show too. Uh, like I said, uh, if you ever get a chance, go on YouTube, search for the Supersizers, which was Sue, who was kind of a radio com- a very uh, a radio comedian, funny lady, but. Um, uh, and Miles, who a friend who was a London restaurant critic, they, each episode they take an, uh, a historical era of English history and kind of live that era, but also dine on the menu from that era and get checked out by doctors at the end of the week of dining on that era just to see exactly how much damage they've done to their system from like, oh, I don't know, uh, the fact that, you know, dining on a menu before Britain had uh, reliable, safe drinking water. Or you know had had vegetables as a, as a, as a part of their daily meal. Have you done a British TV show? Second episode. God damn it! Uh, it there's a, but again, Can it we much, come back to it. Yeah, there, I'll, it, I'll be on that episode. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where the it's it's an entire like genre unto itself where we could do like I mean we could do I could do like twenty episodes on that. Yeah, you could be like, uh, let's take a lorry down to the lift. Yeah, the British TV show podcast featuring Jeremy. There we go. That's the name. I've, you're welcome. I gave you the name of your British TV show podcast. All right. And uh, do you have anything else, or is that? Um, the new uh, Zeal and Arter track, um, or album, is fantastic. 
What's the name of the track? Um, the name of the band is Zeal and Ardor. Zeal and Ardor. And you spell Ardor? A R R F O. Oh, gotcha. R. No, I I uh, trailed off there. A R D O R. No. Yeah. Oh. Sure. Or A R T R. With a D. Um, it's a, a black metal gospel. Music. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm not. Uh, listen to it. It's fantastic. Okay, I'm gonna listen to that because I can't imagine what that sounds like. We really do need to. We really need. To, I need to hold like a group, much like with Neil Breen. I really need to ho- uh, host a group viewing of Over the Top, and then we can do an episode about just about Over the Top itself. I'm so into that. Um, Maybe throw this one away, and we just do. We just watch Over the Top, and then if talk I had, about it. If I had more regular content, I would. But uh, at this point, it's kind of I'm a, I'm a, I'm not exactly operating from a uh, from like a point of post scarcity here. So <laughs> fair enough. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? And also, uh, like, what what else are you working on that people on the internet can find? Garrett, you first. Um, so I'm in two bands. I'm in a band called Honky Tonk Union. Um, we play in Portland and sometimes outside of Portland, but not very much. I'm in another band called the Davenport Brothers, which is a sort of uh, Americana, but like in a very traditional sense band. Uh, other than that, I don't know you can... You can take an online class with me at PSU, uh, where I'm taking a stoicism class right now. Uh, no, you can't do that unless you unless you uh, are enrolled. But anyway, uh, that's what I'm doing. You can go to honkytalkunion.com. You can um, you can call me on the phone. My phone number is five zero three eight zero seven two four three five. I'm not editing that out. Either. Don't edit it out. I want to see what happens. It'd be interesting. You know what? Text first. Don't just call me. Text first. Tell me who you are. Try a video call. Try a video call. Yeah, that's the. I think that's the theme of this episode. Yeah, we have the we have the ma- we have the the magic of FaceTime. Just go for it. Don't, I, don't don't let it be don't let it be trapped in just Star Trek Next Generation episodes. My my online dating thing uh, I did a few years ago and then haven't gone back to. Mm. And there was a gal that um that wanted to meet me via FaceTime first, which I don't blame her for that. Right. But it was like. I don't. I've never used this before, and then she was like, "It's not that hard." And I'm like, "I understand that's not that hard, but this is weird for me." Yeah. Uh, and then, I'm just. I'm just a caveman. <laughs> yeah. Your video phone. Your modern ways confuse me and disturb me. <laughs> Do I? You know. Sometimes I want to run and take off my my three piece Brooks, yeah, Brooks yeah, Brothers. My three piece. <laughs> Two thousand dollars suit and go back to the wilderness from whence I came and. That's a Phil Hartman joke. Aaron, do you remember Unfrozen Caveman Lawyer? Um, that does not ring a bell. <laughs> I have a uh, pop cultural blind spots, including that one. Aaron, what are you doing on the internet? On the internet, um, well, I have email. Okay. Uh, I've been reading a lot about politics. That's been horrible. Oh, yeah. Um, I have things to say about that. Oh, well, um... <laughs> Oh, no, I do another podcast about movies that is called In the Cut, and we have not released one for months and months, so if you what want to is, hear some old ones, they're on there. I, I, I'm a little interested. What it, What is In the Cut? Is there like a... Like a theme, yeah. What's well, yeah? Pitch, pitch in the pitch your podcast. Oh, in the cut is a very fun podcast where you get to hear me say um, my stammering, weird opinions about movies uh, with my um, lovely co-host Jesse Holden. Okay. Um, we just kind of watch a movie, get into deconstructing. Um, are these movies you love, or are they? There is a mix. It's mostly we have a lot more fun with movies we do not love. What what do you think is like a, a a what was a movie you watched on that show that you thought was a a really nice episode? Um, I liked our uh, episode on the movie Drive. I think we had some differing opinions. We had mm, some drinks. We had I some loved, arguments. I loved Drive. Just um, just oh, throwing that out there. <laughs> Jesse having appeared on an earlier episode of Giving the Mic, I believe episode five, where he and Brock at. Uh, had a, had a conversation with me at the Stream PDX trailer at the XOXO Fest back in early September of this year. Yeah, uh, listen, listen to Jesse. He's he's got a much better podcast called uh, The Crapshoot. I'm just 
yeah, listen listen to Jesse's other podcast. That's a good one. But also listen to Aaron's podcast. Right. And uh, and once again, I'm Jeremy. You can um, (laughs) like, subscribe, and comment. Not after this episode, dude. Sorry, I ruined it for you. Yeah. Uh, Find us on Twitter at GivingTheMic, one word. Or you can always email at GivingTheMic at gmail.com. I've been your host, Jeremy. Uh, I want to thank you very much to Aaron and Garrett here for spending some of their um, early fall Sunday afternoon here in our beautiful scenic basement apartment studios in Portland, Oregon. It is really beautiful, you guys. And uh, that, and uh, with that, that's it, for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you. Goodbye. Two worlds collide, rival nations. It's a Dude, I just, I just. Oh, you, you snapped, ladies and gentlemen. I, I give uh, from coming back from Mexico. I buy, I uh, and loading up on little action, luchador action figures. I'm now using that as party favors, as thank you for people coming on the show. And not only, you know, had it for half an hour, and Garrett snapped the leg, snapped it like Sid Vicious getting breaking his leg going against Chris Benoit live on a pay per view, where like his his shin. Like his shit had a com- compound fracture inside of his boot. It, uh, looks, like, it looks like there's a bone in there. Too, yeah, it's, you know yeah. what I mean. Yeah, well, so this is a little luchador action figure. If that wasn't absolutely clear, yeah. Um, I think that I guess melamine is yeah this flying is, into the air now, and we're all we'll all get some sort of uh, some sort of sickness from it. But yeah, I was to say those 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 luchadors cost me a full forty pesos. Um, yeah, which what's that in American dollars like two? Mm. <laughs> the exchange rate at recording is something like 19.2 pesos per dollar. Uh, I recommend visiting Mexico for many, many reasons. You tuned into exchange rates. Yes, for many, many. Hey, you're the one with you're the one with the uh, with the what the CPA degree. <laughs> I have an accounting degree. I'm not a CPA, though, oh, and I never enough. will be. I hate being an accountant. Fair enough. Please send that to my current <laughs> employer. <laughs>